Thanks for joining us on the Jock and Journo Show. Jay Clark, Scotty Pendlebury, Braden Cox here. It's round 22, fellas. Just two more games left in the home of the season before we begin the finals campaign. Lots happening as usual in the world of uh, footy. Scotty, how are you, mate? Your finger's progressing along nicely. Um, we're going to tackle the All-Australian team. We are. I'm looking this. forward to doing this. I've never actually sat down and tried to predict one before, and since I'm not playing and not really giving much on match day, <laughs> put my mind to work, and I've tried to pick a balanced side because I reckon we often just throw people in any position, so I've tried to pick it as close to what you'd actually want a side to look like. Yes, I like it. And you you are a left-field thinker in some regards to your football analysis, so I'm looking forward to some surprise selections. How I are you going? You've I- come in on crutches. Um, well, I have left knee injury. Yeah, I've, been, I've been having a sore knee for the past couple of weeks. My left knee, and uh, played soccer yesterday. And fair to say, uh, it didn't go according to plan. So we'll get that sorted out. Coco, uh, how are you, buddy? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, as Pendle's saying, a lot better than you. But is this this isn't something to avoid training, is it? This isn't something no. that because we saw the pictures on the weekend posted yep. on Triple M Footy of you eating. Yeah, I don't even know if that's breakfast, breakfast and lunch. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but it's what bacon, eggs, what sausages. It? I think he's tomato. just eaten the eggs and tomato and left the bacon, and he's had a bit of the baked no. beans as well, but he's left a little bit. He's gone yep. about half. But yep. see, that's what it looks like. That's no. the illusion because there's so much bacon there. There's like two pigs worth of bacon on there. Been loving. He just couldn't finish it all. Loving the training down there at Progression Fitness, and uh, look, hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll be back on my feet. But you're right, we did go down to Launceston Sea Hall for North Melbourne at the weekend, and you know, we're there with uh, Paul Rue. Wayne Carey, Wayne Schwoss, Mark Howard. We had a little breakfast, little team meeting, little powwow uh, little before the uh, radio session. And fair to say, oh, I did knock over a couple of snags, a bit of bacon <laughs> and some uh, roasted tomatoes, which was delightful. Um, but now that I'm not exercising as much, you have, Good, to, mate, you have to just you have to treat yourself every now and again. You only live once. That's right. Cheat yeah. day. Yeah. Well, Cheat day every day. There wasn't a lot a nice of sugar. Bit of broccoli last night. Oh, did I really treat myself? So you're <laughs> the incredible that? shrinking man at the minute. Why are you losing weight, Scotty? No, uh, I'm not. I've, I'm maintaining now, so I'm about eighty-five and a half kilos. But you've so lost what, like five kilos? About five since. Why? Gold Coast. Um, just as fun. I said, I like to occupy my mind a bit and challenge myself. So just getting shredded for so festival I'm, season. Well, I'm not. The, the hard thing is, I've got these wires in my finger. Yeah. Still, and not out of sweat in case infection, and they're going to be in for another three weeks. I can't sweat for another three weeks, so I don't really train much. I do weights pretty much every day, mm. but they're, they're incredibly light. So I'm just yeah occupying the mind and challenging myself. And yeah, one thing comes to mind, Coco. Hashtag summer rig. That's what I'm thinking. Is uh, I'm losing weight, mate. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to look like an in- a marathon runner. Wait, so you're shredding weight without even exercising? What's in Jay Z? What are, you're exercising but not losing weight? You're picking up a theme, yeah, Scotty, with uh, Coco's commentary. Yeah, hey, let's get it started. Stuck into our All-Australian teams because um, we did want to have a crack at these before the teams are officially announced in a couple of weeks. Let's start with your back six and we'll have a bit of a chat about it as we go along. All right. I've got Laird from Adelaide, Mm -hmm. back pocket. Michael Hurley, which I think everyone agrees with. And then Neville Jetta in the other back pocket. And then I've got Jeremy Howe, Mm -hmm. Alex Rance and Doherty. Good. That's my back six. Yeah. Four safe picks there. Neville Jetta so is who's good... my four safe picks? Yeah, well, Hurley, uh, Hurley Laird, Rance Doherty, I reckon, are locks. That halfback flank position... I off... think I've five, it's got to be five locks at least. How is a lock? Is he? Immoral. Well, I've gone for McGovern in that position, and I well, reckon... He doesn't, no, he doesn't play there, though. He plays... Like, you've got to have him in front of Hurley or Rance. Well, I, I reckon... Go, can... Hold on. Go your back six, then. Okay. Well, I've got the same as in Laird... 
Laird Hurley Hibbard, and then Doherty Rance McGovern. Um, so I've got Hibbard instead of uh, Jetta. Now I know what you're doing there with Jetta, and I like that because he's a lockdown small defender. Yeah. So out of your yeah, so I reckon Neville Jetta is one of the most underrated players to have that person. So it's like Nick Smith as well, who I thought as well yep. could have gone in that spot to have a guy every week that you just go, here's Eddie Betts, here's. Jeff Garlett, although they play together, so he's not going to man him up. But you know what I mean. We so, get what you're saying. Yeah, to, to go to just the opposition's most dangerous small forward and just lock them away. Yep. He allows guys like Hibbert and that to go then hunt the pill and yep. play that offensive brand of footy. But we're picking like an all Australian team here. We're not picking the all Australian offensive team. Yeah. So I think that's got to be taken into account. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And Thank who you. else would you consider there? So uh, Nick Smith would be the yeah, other one. Dane Ramp. He was in the all Australian team in the back pocket last year. Yeah. Uh, Braden Maynard right. plays that for you guys. Yeah, that position. Braden's probably not at that level yet, though. No. But that's probably what he aspires yep. to be like. Yep. So instead of how I went for Jeremy McGovern. Now McGovern yep. to me is the best um, well, aerialist or uh, swingman, first hole key position player. I reckon if you're taking on the aliens tomorrow, the Jeremy McGovern, um, particularly the way defences are played um, this way, I'd be having Jeremy, but uh, Jeremy McGovern. But how he has had. An outstanding year. He has. It's always tough, isn't it, to try and pick your best back six. As you said, I think Hurley, Rance, Laird, are the th- like for me, they're the three locks. Yep. Then you could Doherty, Howe, Jetta. You wouldn't be too upset if it was the three three different guys, but I think Rance, yep. Hurley, yep. Laird are locked in. Do you, is, it, uh, is Doherty a lock in terms of, I mean, he sort of plays loose in a team that's sort of struggled back there. How impressed you've been, been by him? Um, yeah, he's had he's had a really good season. Um, I am when I picked the All Australian side, I think that you should be a bit biased towards sides in the finals. Yep. So if you think, say Doherty or McGovern are about even, I think the finals side should get it because you. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just think that's that's how it should work. It should be biased that way. So yep. uh, yeah, he's had, he's had a good year. Um, you know, their their system certainly promotes the way he plays, and they really try and free him up and get him behind the ball, give him the footy all the time. So. What have you got for him midfield? I've got Josh Kelly yep. on one wing. He's a lock. I've got Paddy Dangerfield, who has to be in there. Yep. And I've got uh, Zachy Merritt on the wing. Yep. Um, and then my ruckman is Paddy Ryder, which is a uh, difficult decision. And then Tom Mitchell and Dustin Martin. So Dusty, Tommy Mitchell, Paddy Ryder, and then Kelly and Merritt on the two wings and Dangerfield in there. Yours? Right. I've got Sidey. Still side bottom on the wing. Now, would he be in the All Australian squad of forty? Oh, you'd think he'd have to be on the wing, wouldn't he? Tell he'd me about what. How, why has his year been so um, good? Well, he'd probably be. Uh, he'd be close to the best winger in the comp. Really? Yeah. Well, even you know by all the numbers and things like that, mm-hmm. he'd be, and he plays there consistently. So it's not pushing a inside mid out there to just find a spot for him. Mm-hmm. He plays that role. It's slightly different to being inside mid. You don't find as much footy out on the wing because, you know, you're sort of a little bit outside the contest. But, yeah, if you're looking for a winger, um, probably steals. The one he brings to mind, Tom Scully maybe another one. Yep. Um, and then Josh Kelly on the other wing is probably that case of he plays inside and we've pushed him out, but but he can play both roles. Dangerfield as well, which yep. I think is just a lock. Yep. Um, I had Martin Mitchell as the f- two on balls as well. Who we agree there. Yeah, and then I went Brody Grundy for, for Ruck. I think... Around the ground, he's improved a lot. Um, he had a really good battle with Paddy Ryder in round 14, I think it was, mm-hmm. when they played. And Paddy probably got the, the points that day, but only slightly. But I think Brody's body of work across the whole season is probably the 
only time he's been shaded and it was marginal. So I think Brody's really stepped up, gone to a new level as a player. So he's my ruck. It ha- not an easy call because you got Sammy Jacobs in there as well. And you McAvoy. Could make a strong case for Ben McAvoy, who you've been a big fan yeah. of all year. He's probably, I think it's probably like Brody's body of work in the ruck and around the ground. Mm-hmm. Ryder's probably the best tap ruckman. McAvoy is probably the best ruckman around the ground, mm-hmm. but then Brody's probably the best across both um, mm-hmm. facets. So yeah. that's what I thought. So you can't just pick a ruckman purely on hitouts. So coming into the year, what did, what do you think Brody needed to improve on, and how have you charted that progression throughout the year? Um, I think with rucks, you know, obviously his contest stuff's really good, like his follow up work, his tackles. Yeah. Um, Below on ground level. Yeah, I think his ground level stuff's really good. He started to find a little bit more of the ball. Um, you know, I still think he's got you know massive room for improvement. You know, in the air taking grabs. Um, you know, his kicking needs a little bit of fine tuning and things like that. But he's a guy who's every year he's coming to the league, he's got better and better. And I think next year he'll progress even further because he's so driven to, you know, to achieve great heights in this game. And um, yeah, I think everyone acknowledges how much he's improved this year. And the scary thing is, is how much more he's got to go. So you've got, in terms of your teammates, you've got side bottom Grundy and Howe in there. That's it. For who, the Pies boys, right? Who do you think? Uh, who do you think would be favourite for the best and the fairest? Oh, of I think those, it'd two. be a toss-up between at the moment between Sidey and Howie. Sidey, Howie, and Taylor Adams, I think, would be the the ones. And I don't have Tay in here because I think he's, oh, I think, pretty much every inside mids behind Dangerfield, Martin, and Mitchell. Yep. And as I said, I'm not going to squeeze people into a half forward flank if I never play there. Mm. Um, Sidey again was very good at the weekend, wasn't he? Let's have a look at your forward line. Who have you got in the front I've half? Got Toby Green. Me too. Lance Franklin, Robbie Gray, Eddie Betts, Josh Kennedy, and Joe Danaher. You? Um, I've got, uh, I think, exactly the same. Robbie Gray, Lance Franklin, Toby Green, Eddie Betts, Josh Kennedy, Joe Danaher. Bang. So we uh, agree there. Who are we missing? Is there any other forward players who we consider there as being close? Benny Brown? It's a hard position, that half-forward flank, isn't it? The only one you could swing, I reckon, is if you wanted to go a 2-4, not a 3-3 forward line. So you put another small in. or, But in this lineup, you've got Toby Green, who can go midfield. Robbie Gray can go midfield. So I don't think, yeah. Like the flexibility of the team is already there. And that's where my man McGovern, who I named on a half-back flank, can swing forward to swing man to have some impact. Uh, What about your bench, Scotty? Uh, I've got Josh Kennedy from the Swans. Yep, me too. I think. He's been huge in their revival. Yep. Um, and he was playing really good footy even when that was struggling. Yeah. Norton Six. If he played in Melbourne, he'd get a lot more attention, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, internally, though, through the whole AFL, he's rated super high. I've got Zorko. Me too. Trent Koch and Matt Crouch. So tell me about Koch. What sort of year? He hasn't had a lot of publicity either. What sort of year has he had? I mean, we've all lauded Martin, really. Well, it's funny, but Koch is the only captain I've got in the team. Mm. Across. So could he be captain of the All-Australian team? Well, it's funny, but I've, oh, I'll get to my captain later. But um, I think Cochin's had a fantastic year. His possessions aren't as high, mm. but who gives a toss about possessions because it's all about effectiveness. And we're in this world now where it's like you see guys literally playing to try and get 30 touches. They toe poke off the ground. They just do junk handballs. It's, um, it's actually quite embarrassing. And I think Cochin's value for possession yep. is extremely high. He's damaging. He hurts you. Um, contest, I think he... He might average 25 or 26 touches, but half of those are contested. So he allows, I think, Martin to play a really good role. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Cochin's six tackles a week. It's, you know, he's incredibly damaging when he gets the footy. So his body will work across the whole season. He leads their midfield really well. And um, I'm sure he could get 30 a week if he wanted to 
toe poke it off the ground and do all those things that we seem to be fascinated with that a guy averages 30 a week but yep. he's one of the best inside mids this season fair to say you're not a big fan of junk stats we've that's been a pretty consistent view of yours uh, over recent times it's interesting because last was it last year the year before he copped a lot of criticism coach about uh, his playing style kicking the ball laterally yep. really not having a lot of impact for his stats yep. which is exactly what you're talking about um would that be i said at the time when we yep. spoke about this so that's just their game style so he's as captain you almost look at him and think he's playing this way because that's how they're told to play. Right. And he's leading the charge in this regard. Yep. And this year, they've changed their game style and he's a completely different player. Yep. But he's playing the role that he's just being asked. So, um, yeah, he's an incredible player. The year that he won the Brownlow, like he was similar to this, you know, that sort of role, like clearances, mm-hmm. contested possessions. Um, he uses the ball really well. So, yeah, I think he's had a really good year. And so, Matt Crouch was the other one that um, he'd be, he's the best mid in the best team in the comp. So I don't think you can argue with that. What about his ball use? Who? That would be the question mark, wouldn't it? On Crouch. Matt Crouch, yeah. I th- uh, he's probably the guy who's death by a thousand cuts with him. He's not going to kill you with one single kick, but he uses it really well. He's great by hand. He plays to his strengths. He doesn't He doesn't actually kick it a hell of a lot. Mm. He uses his hands to free up, you know, Brody Smith. And um, if Charlie Cameron's around there, just uses them. So I think his body of work as well across the whole season has been really good. Pick 22. So how many Adelaide players you got in there? I've got Betts, Betts, Crouch, Led. That's it. Three in the team. And on top Jakey of Lever was close. Well, He's stiff. I, probably, I, I didn't actually have a bench player that could go back. So potentially that's a weakness in my team. Funny you should mention Jakey Lever. This is my bench. Um, now, firstly, so we haven't got yourself and Joel Selwood in the team. Now, we've had this argument. Well, it wasn't an argument. I said that I don't think we've both missed. Too many games. So what's the what's had, the cut off? The cut off. I would say probably four or five games, and miss. we both had and we've both had quiet games as well. We've missed. So we've probably played. You can't play like twelve good games for a year. You played sixteen <laughs> games each. Um, yeah, fair to say. Going back to the aliens theory, uh, or if Australia could choose any team to play Ireland, I think yourself and Joel Selwood would be in there. But, but don't that's, try and do that, mate. <laughs> Just name your bench. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got Dylan Shield yep. first up. I think he's a very underrated player. And if you're talking about clubs looking to try and poach uh, interstate stars, I'd be throwing the kitchen sink at Dylan Shield still. I know clubs have been doing it for many years now. Josh Kennedy, who was on your bench, Dane Zorko was on your bench, and Jakey Levy, you, you yep. brought up his name. So his ability to, to intercept Mark. Now, we've deliberately not had a look at the stats when picking these teams, but Jake Levy's ability to uh, disrupt the opposition, which is yeah. what the coaches say it's these days. On, it's based on field, though, isn't it? Like, I know that Koch averages around 24, 26 touches, but you yep. just watch... And his impact is great. Yep. So I'm saying like it's, yeah, I know I hate the possession stuff. You know that I hate it, but <laughs> yeah, it drives me mental. <laughs> Shaking your head. Um, so I've got Jakey Lever in that position. So all Australian, just a nice We're little fairly similar. We are, we? we are. Have you got now? I think we've got like two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. We've got about yep. 18 the same. Well, you've four got different. Jetta different, which I think is a good pick. Yeah, I don't agree with how? you on Sidey. I haven't left. I haven't got Howell Grundy in, so I haven't got any more any of your pies teammates in there. I got Zach Merritt. You got side bottom. 
Um, I got Sheila in there. You got Crouch. Don't, don't mind that. My wild yeah. card is Robbie Tarrant. Now, as a key defender, I think he's had an... We're having wild cards, are we? Well, we, we, we discussed this. wild cards? Well, if there's one left field smoky... Honourable mention. Yeah, honourable mention. Sub in the All-Australian Basically, team. an emergency. Robbie Tarrant's been a lucky. Now, in a team that's sort of uh, been competitive but hasn't won as many games, um, I think he's had as good a year as he did uh, last year in a back line that's sort of been... Uh, he's done a lot of the work down there, down back. What about a coach? All-Australian um, coach. I went Pike. Hard to disagree with. Yeah. I mean, he's, their percentage is huge and on top of the ladder. Primed. I mean, in terms of uh, dealing with all the discussion around the, the out-of-contract guys yeah. as well, Charlie Cameron, they've done that well. What about Horse Longmire? So they, yeah, they're, not, they're, yeah. It's probably the top two that I would have thought. Yeah. They're yeah. coming back from, what was it, 0-6. First team in the competition to make finals from 0-6 and what, their second favourite from four. the flag. Who's your captain? Oh, um, yeah, well, I haven't got Cochin in the team. No, so, no you don't. So, who's so I would go Paddy Dangerfield. Yeah, that's good. Safe. Yours? <laughs> yeah. I went Alex Rance. And have you got Cochin in the team? Yeah. But Cochin is the captain. Yeah, it doesn't mean he gets to be captain of the All-Australian so team. So why would, you, why would you pick Rance over well, the I think captain Rance of the team? is the biggest lock in the team. Yeah, but aren't so, you making an assessment on leadership? No, I'm just picking my captain for this team. You're saying the best player. So I think Rance is the biggest lock for the team. And he plays in the back line. He'll organise their defence. I think Alex Rance is my captain. Curious criteria, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Well, wouldn't you pick well, the Richmond captain? captain? He's that vice captain at Richmond. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, if, if Scotchman went down, Rance is captain. So their leadership's probably around the mark. Okay. And I think Rance rewarding three or four, potentially five, brilliant seasons in a row. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's just how I say it, mate. Yeah, okay. Well, you said I've got left, left field views. I said at the start, you, you, you surprised us with a couple of things, and that's uh, one of them. No, I got Paddy Dangerfield, so he was... Uh, yeah, he'd be my... Vice-captain? My potential joint. <laughs> <laughs> the, the co-captain. Hey, um, well, hold on, I've got one more thing on the All-Australian side. Go on. I think the All-Australian side, yep. week two or three of the pre-season challenge, yep. should play the Premiership side from the year before. Really? Friday night, Eddie had... All-Australian side versus the Premiership team from the year before. Why would the players support that, do you think? I just think it'd be great to see the best of the best versus the best team. It's the old team of champions versus the champion team. Who would win? Uh, I don't know. That's why it'd be so good to see. Mm. I like the idea. Would you Coco? like to see that? I think it's... Hell yeah. I'm prefer state of origin. Yeah, but we're not... We don't, it's just not going to happen. But, but, but if you're going to have... Gonna gonna have it, that's more likely, isn't it? State, state of origin's more likely. This would be cool, that. though, because everyone gets to... Like, cool. you actually... The team gets picked and they have to go play. So you can't just pick like this team just rewarding like people in different positions and you've actually got to pick a team to play. The thing and is, then the selectors are on the hook a bit because it's like, can they knock off the premiership team? Yeah, fair point. But because the premiership you, team always way, has a compromised preparation. Yeah, and you get to have be some emergencies because if, say, Adelaide was the premiership team, three players from the All-Australian team go back to Adelaide, three players get to go up. I'd rather see the big V in action. I just like any version, though, of... Like the best of the best playing and yeah, like Big V, yeah. whatever it is. And you're a fan of State of Origin. Yeah, so you, now that you're origin. on the AFL, you're an AFLPA big dog, you need to get that cause happening again. Yeah, we'll hey, try. international rules. I know yeah. you, your finger is still in a little cast there. Are you going to play in that game? Or? Yeah, if I'm right to go. I think I will be. Um, yeah. I've got probably another two weeks with wires left in my finger and then yeah. they get pulled out and start my rehab. So what's that? That's probably middle of September. So if it's not right by 9th of November, probably won't be right ever. <laughs> So, yeah, I'll be playing. It gives me something to sort of get in shape for and get ready for. And otherwise, pre-season will start for another couple of weeks yep. after that. So I'll be able to play that, get in good shape and try and hit pre-season 
running. Is this a longer rehab than normal? Like surely Much players break, break their fingers yeah, all the yeah. time. Yeah, I've had a few complications along the way. Your recuperative <laughs> powers are extraordinary. Uh, but they've gone to Shizen, I think. Mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, you spoke about Alex Rance before. One of the most intriguing issues to come out of the round of footy was the Harry Taylor versus Eric Rance matchup. Yeah. Harry Taylor fed us, I gave your man an absolute bath, so much so that Rance was moved off him and moved forward. What did Harry Taylor do? Um, I think first off, the supply was pretty good to him. So mm-hmm. they got him isolated one-on-one, which for some reason uh, in the past, like teams have tried to tag Rance or take him away from the footy and he's too smart. He'll just put himself in line of play and just go, well, if you're going to run to a bad spot, I'm just going to keep helping my teammates. So yeah, I think Harry Taylor embraced the contest. Geelong embraced the contest. Harry Taylor's as good as they come one-on-one. So he wasn't going to be scared of that wrestle. And I think what he did really well is not give Rance that run and jump. Yep. Every time the ball come in, it was sort of a... So you want to wrestle him? Yeah, it was a bit of a wrestling contest majority of the time. I, you know, he got on the end of a couple of quick kicks from stoppages and as forwards do, they play in front and got rewarded. But majority of the time, you could see, you know, Harry Taylor protecting his space, pushing off, going back to the footy at the last second. So, you know, Alex Rance, I reckon, plays his best footy when he's got that run and jump and he's not impeded along, along the way and helping his teammates out. But they... Almost embrace the challenge and put Rance in the spot where the ball's always going to go to you and you've got to beat Harry Taylor. And Harry Taylor, as I said, is um, before Rance was probably the best defender going around. So he's not scared of that body contest, contested marking situation. Probably similar to Ben Reid for us. He's a great contested mark. So do you think the fi- uh, finals teams who come up against Richmond would be looking at that? Well, it just depends if you've got a player like that. Yeah. You know, so if GWS played, John Patton's probably one that comes to mind. Yep. Gets Rance, you know, wrestle. Don't give a run and jump. Don't turn into an athletic contest. Keep yourself in line of play so the ball's always there and he's got to be engaged with you. And what would Richmond's... So who would Richmond play most likely? Well, there's Hawkins. Uh, GWS. Tex, Tex Walker, potentially. Yeah, Sydney. Uh, Sydney's probably... Tippett. Tippett. Yeah, Tippett could be that guy. Or but Kel Sinclair. Franklin. Franklin's another one. Yeah, but he's going to push up the ground, isn't he? Yeah, but it depends. Do you want him up the ground or do you want him deep? Franklin can do it all. Mm. So... Yeah. Um, what did you think of the MRP? I think this what did probably, you think of Well, the MRP? it was probably the first time I reckon they dead set balls that up um, because I'd agreed with them on with the... With Ollie uh, Wines. Yeah. So with the Ollie Wines decision, I should clarify that. The high hit on, um, on your mate uh, Tommy Langdon. So he jumps up and into him and makes clear contact with his head, which uh, chin, which affects... Um, you know, which clearly affects Langdon. It looked like a heavy hit. Now, everything we've seen this year, and even last year, was if you if you bump to the head, you're going to pay the price. And for some reason, I thought the MRP dropped the ball on this one. You know, after, I think, getting it right with Grundy and, and Dangerfield, etc. So it was an absolutely mystifying decision for mine. And uh, I can't quite understand it at all because it is so inconsistent. It's a clear-cut decision. He should have been pinged for it. The other one is Jack Redpath. So he now misses out for three matches for that sort of uh, sort of like push. A, it's almost like a when you watch Shove. like a boxing fight when you hit someone and hits the shoulder and then accidentally slips up and hits the chin. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I've seen – like I've only seen it in the replay twice. Yep. And my first thing was like that just slipped straight off his shoulder there and whacked him in the chin, which is sort of unfortunate. I but sort of got him in the throat a bit though, didn't Yeah, it? I was unsure. I and didn't think there was Davis much in there, did sort of, you know um, – What? Well, what, he was hurt. What, did yeah. seem to, he did he, what? He, you know, <laughs> the, the trainers came to him and for about a minute he was sort of – you know, seemed to look like he was struggling to breathe. Mind you, getting hit in the jugular. <laughs> yeah. So um, – he, he required some medical attention. But that's what the MRP will have to change in terms of, you know, the, the risk of challenging it 
um, you know, does give you that extra match suspension, which is a lot. So now Jack Redpath misses, misses, misses a month of footy if they make finals because they've got the bye as well. Yeah. And then potentially won't play another game for five weeks if they win their first final. Is, and it's now it's your mate. They chose Clokey. to risk it though. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I know that, but they obviously thought they had a fairly compelling case. It doesn't seem right. Um, what do you think, Coco, as a fan watching? Did you like? Do you just think okay, I, that's, I didn't see the red path uh, incident? But I thought they <laughs> sit on the fence, mate. Should have just come over here, Coco. Anyway. I'll show you what happened. They, um, did you see of, Ollie Wines? Yeah. That, what did you think of that? That one, I thought it it clearly shows that it's an outcome based yeah. uh, MRP yeah. system because it's like he left the ground, he hit him high. All the signs were there that he should have got. Uh, at least a week and they it just shows that because he didn't get knocked out because he didn't get concussion he's, yeah he's fine yeah so it's a, a fundamentally it's a broken system yeah it is. well i think the thing that we're internally as collingwood you talk about is you know like obviously with tackling is it's probably not as big as an issue as what Brody's was made out to be so internally it's like still tackle hard try and you know pin an arm and dispossess and yeah sort of stuff because it's it really is it's um as we've seen it's it is a bit of an outlier like if you get hurt you're probably in trouble but you know for our team this year Brody's the first guy to be done and we've probably had over a thousand tackles as a club yeah so you've got one in a thousand chance potentially so mm. we're still trying to play hard and um you know as i spoke about if you're gonna if it's based off that sort of stuff well then you know toby green potentially kicking dalhouse like is that if that had been higher and hit him in the temple and he gets knocked out, I don't think Toby Green should be in trouble for that. He's just trying to protect his space. It's how Jared Waite's been marking the footy for 10 years with the leg out. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's different, that one, because everyone referred to it as a mark when it was... Yeah, so Toby Green a got a free kick. It was a handball. Yeah, but Toby Green got a free kick paid against him for that. Yeah. Would, have, would he got a free kick, and I said this, if it was just his knee? Would that have just been play on if Dalhouse run into his knee? Uh, I reckon it might have been to play on. Yeah. So it's the studs up yeah. factor. That's what. Yeah, but that's Soccer, what I, red card. I'm saying this to did you. Did you talk about the red card system a while ago? We've spoken about that, haven't we? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe we have. Maybe you know, do you penalise someone like yeah. 15 minutes for studs up like you're doing soccer? But red card. if you're gonna jump like that, you're doing it to protect yourself. You're not gonna do it with a pointed toe. If you're trying to, oh, I don't. That's reading too much into it. I think. Yeah, but that's I think what you're I'm just going to put your foot up and just yeah. protect yourself if you are, and it doesn't matter how. That's why the studs up point. thing. It's like that's how yeah. you jump. That's yeah, how exactly. you put your foot up. Yeah, I just think at, at the start of each season, you're obligated to know the rules of the game going into the season. Do you find it unfair that they kind of change the rules mid-season here and there, or interpretations? No, or? well, I think as players, you're just always learning. So every week, you like you hear coaches talk about watching the Friday night game to see what adjustments because the umpires review their performance every week and they want to get better no different to a team so often you watch Friday night footy and you see alright this is clearly a, clearly a focus area so let's just adjust to that here and it's just being smart trying to stay on top of the game what about the players that play on Friday nights yeah, good luck good luck <laughs> no but they get the memo the coaches get the memo from the AFL so the green thing yeah. was a high, high, highly uh, unusual situation uh, so Jay there was a lot of talk this week about uh, our mate Ross Lyon yep V Brad Hardy V Brad Hardy and and his communication with the Pies Have, has that gone any further is that something that you condemn from Brad Hardy is it something one that of your yeah, own? he defended he went on and defended it again and said that... He stood by it. Yeah, he, Did stu- he? he stood by it. I wrote his column for a year, Brad Hardy, in Perth. Um, I remember he wanted to write this story, this column one day, that um, Andrew Demetrio was about to get the sack. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that it was imminent, that he was, uh, you know, going to be shoved off, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't. Andrew Demetrio hung around for the next six years. So um, he is, he does have a loud voice over in WA and he's alleged that, or he's reported that, um, Ross Lyon approached Collingwood about being the coach um, next season, not directly, indirectly, so third party. through a third party, etc. Um, but uh, Ross Lyon was vehement in his defence, saying it was absolutely fabricated. What really interested me in this situation is the nature of the response. So usually if you stuff something up, and it does happen from time to time, usually clubs would just, you know, deny it or maybe a short, you know, uh, denial or whatever it might get mentioned in a press conference. But why Fremantle sent out a 30-par media statement and then it was, blown, It was a, you know, a bit of a big deal in Bucks's press conference. It, this really hit a nerve for me by the um, way both clubs responded so strongly. Yeah. And so do you think there's something in it? Well, I, it, it's hit a nerve, and I I'm not saying there's any truth in it, but... I think it it's was good that the clubs did what they did because I reckon it's everyone's starting to hold people more accountable because you can't just let that slide. If that's complete yeah. fabrication mm-hmm. and lies, yeah. I don't think... like Ross shouldn't be associated with that because if he doesn't come out and defend himself, yeah. then people think, oh, where there's smoke, there's fire, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then there's just unnecessary questions about it. Like if they... What both clubs did was really good, and if they didn't they do that, they're still going to they're yeah. still going to prop up anyway. In the media, would have been getting a run, and yeah, so it's good. Both clubs completely come out and, and smashed him. It did seem to be a very sensitive issue. I mean, normally they just say, "Well, it's yeah, well, it's totally un- because somebody's like Ross feels that somebody's just completely come out and lied about him, mm. so he should stand up and, and defend himself. And I reckon what he did was fantastic. And Fremantle backed him in and signed him to that lengthy contract, so it'd be. They would want to clear things up. So it was good. I, I think it was good that Ross cleared it up and he was really strong in his words. And then Bucks said what he said post-match. And then it's it's been more interesting for me to see the media's reaction to it. And mm. they're, they're condemning kind of what he did. And I, there hasn't been many people backing him in. Yeah, the thing is um, Brad has got his contacts in Perth. And how can you ever disprove it, if you know what I mean? Like... You can't ever disprove it, but you can challenge it. And if they didn't challenge it, then it just like it looks like he's got information because so much rumor and innuendo comes out of footy clubs and yep. whatever. And as I said, like it's it's actually like attack on Ross Lyon as a person as well. Saying well, he that. did leave St Kilda, yeah, but, but like it, he did. It was he fair did that he left St yeah. Kilda there. So they, they yeah, wouldn't sign him. They're allowed to come out and defend themselves and challenge the media. Mm-hmm. So I, you, I like the way it's. Yeah. So like if we stuff things up, do you think we should lose accreditation for like making mistakes or? Um, no, because players stuff things up, and we don't get bloody suspended for missing kicks. Well, that's but that's what Buck said. Didn't but you should it should be like there should be something that's held accountable. So maybe Fremantle blacklist him for. Well, that does happen. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> but, you don't yeah. want the AFL Put it this to way, take control. Brad Hardy and Ross Lyon aren't going to be doing interviews together at any time soon. I believe Ross Lyon. In fact, I know Ross Lyon rang Brad Hardy. Yeah. After he went with that story, and uh, she was a pretty explosive old phone call. Um, Good. Fair to say. Any trade news for us? Um, well, in this run, I think we touched on it last week, that Charlie Cameron um, has now emerged. Chris Fagan has come out on the record and said they're very keen on him. He so maybe he, he's, his words were like, we want it. Yeah. Like, good. we'll take him. He fits our profile. Well, David Noble has gone from Adelaide to Brisbane, so there's one connection there. And Charlie Cameron also does have um, family as well. How do, how do you think he'd fit in up there? That'd be perfect. Who wouldn't want him? Yeah. Speed, pressure, kicks, goals. I mean, he's probably a little bit inconsistent in games from time to time. That's, but that's, that's That small forward role is one of the hardest roles in the comp. Yeah. So you are going to be inconsistent if you play that role because it's just so hard. Yep. 
every week depends on a lot of factors yep. to, to go right. So, yep. yeah. I've uh, been saying for a couple of weeks now, Dusty Martin, we expect him to stay. I think Jake Lever will go. Again, I think Collingwood, Melbourne, Western Bulldogs are the front runners there. Um, Melbourne are really, really keen um, and are well placed playing in the finals. In the next couple of weeks, I think they've got a really strong case to make. They wanted him, I think, with pick three back in the day when they took Angus Brayshaw instead. McGovern? Yeah, Mitch McGovern, I think, will go to Freo. Nathan Wilson from GWS also being targeted by uh, by the Dockers as well. Yeah, It's going to, certainly going to be a very interesting trade period and free agency period. Jackson Trengove still out, as well as Jasper Pittard at Port Adelaide, Cocker. And uh, interesting finding out who was it? Uh, from St Kilda that's also available hasn't re-signed a contract Jack Billings Jack Billings wrote in uh, today's Herald Sun that he signed a two year deal Coco oh really don't read the Herald Sun so uh, protracted negotiations there but he will sign I think you'll find that'll be announced uh, tomorrow pick three very important play he provides that different edge doesn't oh, he Scotty he'd all, he'd he's be, important he'd be close to all Australian I reckon if he had a kick straight this year 20 goals 32 imagine if he had a kick say 40 goals 15 20 goals what do you think's an acceptable you question could almost the Coleman between um, 30 to 40 metres out, right, for the whole season, what do you think a team's accuracy rating should be? Just have a stab in the dark. Oh, so from 30 to 40 metres 60%. out. 60%. 60%. Yeah. St Kilda's is 29. Well, we... The next worst is 40. Yeah, right. Is that us? <laughs> no, that's Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, I think the league average is 56%. Oh, that's cool. From, uh, not bad. Not bad. Um, 56% Optimist. from, Optimist. from 30 to 40 minutes out. We know you prefer to have your shots on the uh, run, Scotty. Hey, um, I did see St Kilda had kicked more points than goals 12 times this year. That's, That's what I mean. Like it's, everyone's like, oh, St Kilda, you know, they're not quite ready for finals. Well, they just didn't kick straight in probably a few games. That's cost them being in finals. Cost them a it's still birth. the most underrated thing that people look at. They want to analyse everything else but goal kicking. Exactly right. We've been saying this. And they just go, oh, it's a bit of poor goal kicking this week or their back six didn't quite hold up. It's like, well, they've had more scoring shots. Yeah. They've kicked points that they should have kicked goals. What's so cost you guys? Well, Big Bulldogs time. Friday night kicked. or They had 24 inside 50s to two. Yeah. And it was two goals apiece. Yeah. So they couldn't finish. Adelaide What's, were going goal every entry. Yeah. There for a bit. What's your take on the dogs, Scotty? I saw them on Friday night. Yeah. And... I mean, they they had six new defenders in the back line, yeah. so they're missing. They were pretty miles. young in the back half. Yeah, You'd, I think the threat always of that game is in case like if GWS can get the ball in there quick enough, they're going to win. They're going to win. I think Bulldogs actually played a pretty good style of footy. They kept GWS to thirty-four inside fifties, which is amazing. So but how do they do that? Just with their defensive system, are they numbers to the footy? Numbers to the footy. Defenders playing in front, being really aggressive. Um, but yeah, they they just couldn't. Get the ball to ground enough in their in their back fifty. They had plenty of chances to score, um, but yeah, they just couldn't get it done. And they, they were pretty young and inexperienced, and they wouldn't use that as an excuse. They probably felt that if they had connected a bit more going inside fifty, it'd be a lot closer ball game. We mentioned uh, trade talks before. Tommy Liberatore's name has emerged surprisingly over the past couple of weeks. And on Friday night, um, he was really quiet again. He's had such an interesting year, Tommy, because um, you know played such a big part in their premiership last year. We love him for his ferocity around the footy. You got any idea why the magic hasn't worked for Tommy Liberatore this year, Scotty? No, well, you, you see it with players all the time that you know it's it's hard to back up year after year, and um, you know I wouldn't say it's been. You know, a horrendous year for him. He's been still pretty serviceable, but just wasn't to the heights of last year. And, um, you know, people still forget that he's coming off his knee. This is his second year back from his knee, Mm. which it does take a toll. Even all the emotions from last year take a toll. So um, he'll he'll bounce back next year. He's too good of a player not to. What do you think the dogs – how would you coach it or what do you think the dogs should do? I mean – Just tell him to get super fit. 
for preseason when he gets back and we did play the game in Vietnam over the summer doing a bit of work and that's that's what everyone sees externally do you reckon he let the club down by his off season good question Coco good question Um, I think I think the game and the football environment is so demanding on the players like I just think it is just so extraordinarily demanding from a pain perspective from a mental perspective it's the other thing you don't know like he could have been playing with stuff that you don't know about that you'll never find out about yeah it's like who come out this way and retired or Gibson about his groins like nobody knew about his groins yeah. And Clarkson was like, you know, he's a warrior just for even getting through those. Yeah, yeah so you don't know effect. what he's got. But if so. if Libba had issues, he wouldn't have been playing in the game in Vietnam, would he? Yeah, I'm I'm okay for him. I think the off season for players is the off season for a reason. We do a six month preseason. That's yep. extraordinary. It's the longest in world sport. Well, you started two weeks earlier this yeah. last year. Yeah, mate, just go ahead, chill out on the beach. Yeah, but that's that's coming back to just get around the young guys, um, oh. go to Falls Creek, do a bit of leadership work up there with them, and captaincy thing. More, it's just yeah. You want to you want to make sure the young guys are tracking yeah. in the right direction, and we can hit preseason running because we didn't play finals. You want to get there, so there's no slacking off when you're in our position. My only point on Liber Coco is that I think it's okay to go have a great time, you know, over in Europe and America or whatever or Asia, do whatever. But maybe don't put yourself in the position where you can get injured. So rucking in one footy boot, for example, <laughs> you know, it's probably not ideal. Yeah, but you still have an obligation to your team not to let yourself go. Yeah. I mean, you've brought up. Week on week, Wellesley's condition coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Mentioned it but once. Like, um, a dog with a bar. But like it was like so many players in the league just, you know, some players don't even do weights in the whole off season. They yeah. come back, but they can still run really well. So I just, as I said, you got all that matters. Are you fit by the time the game start? Yeah. Get back. Clearly do some work over the break. So you're not completely back at square one when preseason starts. Do enough work that you're ready to go. Handle the loads. Yeah. But you got six months to get fit. It's ridiculous amount of time you can yeah. get fit in six weeks yeah was that, he fit when he came back who Libber Libber right, they said they were all we asked the dogs about this a lot and they, they said were they were happy good, yeah they said they were really happy I mean I think they come back and you know everyone's uh, the skin folds are a little bit bigger but when you have yes. six weeks on the piss in Europe and that's going to happen and I think that's okay in a way it's funny to think like your skin folds a little bit over day one of pre-season after you've been on holidays yeah Imagine what do you mine. think was going to happen <laughs> Um, so how much? So how much would you train? Last one on this in the off season. How yeah. much? How many hours a week would you spend? Now I know um, you're a bit of an alien in this regard. Yeah, still 50 well, I think, hours a week. No, well, I, like I've I've found a system that works for me over the breaks, and I like. What's that? I like to train pretty much every day. Yeah, for so how I'll long? Do an hour? Hour, hour and a half. You get up in the morning, get it done, and then go. Like I find I can enjoy my holidays wherever I am yeah. more if I know I'm doing the work as well. So how did you do that in Greece? We had a gym at a hotel. Doesn't he make There's you hotel sick? Gyms. Doesn't Makes he just make you sick? Yeah, it it's all, for, <laughs> it for me, sick, though, for me yeah. I, it's something I have to do. If I don't train weights for a while, I'll lose weight just like that. I, I find it really hard to hold weight on my body. So so this stage right now with your finger, is this killing you? That you, well, can't, you can't sweat? sweat? Um, it's been the longest without sweating in my life, yeah. Is it, is it annoying you? Is it getting to it? No, not really. Not yet. Not if, yet. If, if I was around 10 and I was like this, I'd be driving me mental, but I know I can't play again, so... It's mentally I wrap my head around that. Before we wrap it up, uh, Matty Scharenberg, his form over the past two months, I think has been really strong, been one of the positives for uh, yeah, Collingwood. How are you rating his progress? Uh, he's building like everyone probably thought he would. You know, he comes back in, injury riddled for the first two part knees. of his year, feet, knees. He's starting to look really comfortable out there. He's starting to use the ball better. Um, he's, just, he's got time at the AFL level, which is what every player wants. They just want time. 
bit of consistency in their game and um, he's going from strength to strength and his confidence, I reckon, is starting to rise yeah. week on week. And, you've um, seen that starting, out the field? Yeah, and you, even, you see it around the place. He's just more confident around the footy club and yeah. he feels part of it. For being in rehab for so long is such a lonely place and as much as you feel part of the team, you don't actually feel part of it until yeah. you know, all the blood, sweat and tears on match day happen and all the hits and that's when you feel part of it. And yeah, yeah he's, I think he's had um, some really good impact off the half-back line. Uh, I'm not sure if you can answer this question, but how would you handle Patrick Dangerfield on the weekend? You go one-on-one, you tag him. Who do I play? Uh, he's playing you guys. Oh, sorry, they play us. Singing what? The night? <laughs> night. Yeah. Um, um, well, we've always tended to tag Salwood with Levi. Yep. But they've both, they're both out, so mm. um, I don't know how we'll play that. Maybe Trelaw, Dangerfield. Mm. Bit of a shake hands at the start and shake hands yeah. at the end. I reckon that'd be interesting. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. A midfield shootout. And then, because the other option is to go maybe Tay, sort of that defensive mid yeah. on him. Tay's playing really good footy. Yeah. Though, so I don't, I don't know. You could, yeah, I think we've got options there if we want to shut him down. Last one. I know you guys are big fans of your MMA, but a guy's died at the weekend after um, copping blows to their head. No, uh, you, you know when you watch it that there's every chance of these sickening events happening. It's like boxing. People have died in boxing before. Yep. Um, people have died on the footy field before. It's the brutality of sport. Jumps so, as a, as a father, right, are you happy for Jax to watch that stuff? Uh, when he's older. He'll, What's I older? I'd, 13, 14, maybe, mm. 15, I don't know. But, yeah, this is it's sport. It's, it's life, you know. But, yeah, you feel incredibly sad for his family and those type of things. And, yeah, it's the brutality of MMA is that, you know, you see, like, I love watching the sport, but you feel sick when you see someone get knocked out cold. It's yep. sort of like, all right, change the channel. I don't want to see that again. Yep. But you like the, I like the tactics of it all. Mm-hmm. I like the tactics of all sports. So that's you, right. You, you, you're less sympathetic, <laughs> clearly, to the brutality. Coco doesn't have kids yet. Yeah. No, so I wouldn't want my. I'm dead I, I don't want my young bloke watching that, to be honest. Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's a very uncommon occurrence in in yeah. MMA, and the, they've Thank got goodness. the best people looking after it. If you're looking at stuff like car racing and jumps like horse jumping and all of that stuff there's way more deaths in other sports uh, yeah it's not a concern well it's been a uh, interesting uh, issue thanks for your all australian team there scotty no thanks doubt yours, mate. Uh, we'll, uh, um, we'll put our all australian teams out on twitter will we hey well, everyone send in your all australian team absolutely oh, that's send a in good your all australian team hashtag i can't wait for the journal. first person who sends in the full Collingwood lineup as they're all Australian oh, side. Geez, of we'll get behind them. <laughs> what are we going to do for the person who gets closest? Um, Can we do something? Can we sign something? Bottle of wine. What do you mean, out of you two or the? No, no, no. Give oh, no, to the fans. Yeah. But, oh, okay. Can't give a bottle of wine to a thirteen-year-old. Um, <laughs> oh, they I'll come sign, in. I'll we'll sign, sign a pair of um, footy boots. Perfect this year. Yep. Outstanding. Okay. So whoever gets the closest uh, to the actual all Australian team giveaway before it is announced, the Chuck and Jerry giveaway. Scotty Penry, Braden Cox. Thanks for joining us on the Jock and Jono Show. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.